Hello, and welcome to Male Spouse Conversations. I am your host, Sybil Jones. Male Spouse Conversations is a group of military spouses and one military child hosting real, raw, real topics, real conversations. Yo, this show is not for the faint of heart. If you feel it, we feel it. If you think it, we think it. No topic is safe from discussion. Uncomfortable topics, yeah. Needed discussions, absolutely. Unforgettable conversations, you best believe it. So come on, join us as we, the conversation starters, come and give you some real raw, real topics, real conversations. Hello and welcome to Meal Spouse Conversations. I'm your host, Sybil Jones, and we are here ready to bring you another episode of The Conversation. All right, let's go ahead and get right into this tonight. Our episode tonight is all about the silent crisis. Yes, the silent crisis. Now, I'm going to ask this question before we get started. Are you happy with your life? Have you ever just asked yourself that question? Am I happy with my life? I'm not going to lie to y'all. I ask myself that question every day. Yeah, I do. I ask every day. Sybil, are you happy with the life you're living? So we're going to go ahead and dig in. Our conversation starter, Nishida Cruz, is leading the discussion tonight. So are you ready, Miss Nishida? Yes. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to pause you for a minute. Hold on. Because I forgot. I forgot. Say hello to all of our conversation starters. Sorry, sorry. Julie Provost, hey. Miss Grace Rolo, hey. Miss Anna Bruner, hey. And make sure that you go to our website, millspouseconversations.com and click on the About Us and learn more about these fabulous, amazing military spouses. All right, sorry. Mm. Go take it away, Nishida. <laughs> okay, guys. So just like Simple said, you know, how many times do you ask yourself, am I happy with my life? You know, am, am I doing things that make me feel like I'm a productive member of society? And I think that sometimes we do give a lot of um, more attention to people who work outside of the house than we do to the people who work inside of the house because it maybe that's seen as something that oh you're just doing laundry or you're just you know sitting at the house I mean maybe there's a perception that people who stay at the house are eating bonbons that was a big thing back in the day that oh the house oh, yeah, the bonbons. Eating bonbons and doing their nails yes and watching soap operas but there's a lot more that goes into being a homemaker or a caretaker than people realize, mm-hmm. you know, and it has a lot to do with um, 
the way we internalize the responsibilities that we have. That a lot of times we feel like it is our responsibility to do this, 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 this. So you, you look at it in a big picture and you have five jobs that you do not get paid for, mm-hmm. that other people in society actually do that they get paid for. Yes. And now you reach a point in your life where it's like, okay, I'm satisfied that I helped other people do what they needed to do. I helped other people produce what they wanted to produce or get in a place in their life where they could be satisfied with their own accomplishments. And then what are my accomplishments? You know, what did I do besides help other people build themselves up, right? And so then there's this kind of, I don't know, it's like a stigma also, you know, to being a housewife. Like what's what's the funniest thing you could say about a military spouse. What what do you guys know they call us? You know, they Depend- call us like different, huh? Dependent. Depend- yeah. Dependent. Yep. Yes. Like we're just hanging on here, you know, just soaking up all the benefits, but not thinking about all the times when your spouse leaves. It's just you. You are the person who everyone comes to. You are the person who fixes things around the house. You are the person who does the laundry, the cooking, the cleaning, the garden work, the running the errands, taking care of the car. You're that person when your spouse is away. So, you know, and we get a lot of support from each other, but that's not the same thing as having the person in your house participate with you and and be there to support you know, your accomplishments. And sometimes I'm not saying that all military spouses are in this situation. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that for the people who are in this situation, it just seems to be a silence about it. Like, don't, don't talk about that. You know, move on from that. You know, oh, you have, you have programs, you have this. And half the time, many of the programs don't even help you. Like you, you use the programs and they're for someone else. Or your husband has the wrong rank. Or, you, you know, you have to move now. So you just found out about this, but now you have to move. It's just a lot of things. And I think that in a space of caretaking, and it's not just in a military spouse community, this is something that is like probably in every industry where you have people, not just women, but men who are staying at home to take care of, you know, the family while the other person goes out to earn money which I'm not putting that down or anything. I'm not saying that that's not a big thing, but I'm saying they're both equal. And I feel like we don't put enough equality into the roles that we play. You know, one is minimized and the other one is held to a higher standard. You know, oh, you know, if you, like me, I'm in my middle age right now. So now I'm needing to form a new identity because my child is leaving, my husband's retiring, So what is the foundation for that identity? You know, how do I form that? Where do I even start? Because everything is basically at a standstill in the caregiver's life. Whereas it's at an end of an accomplishment for the person who left the home and went out into the world to do things. And so that's what I wanna discuss today with, with you guys and just hear your inputs about it and how you feel about uh, the different struggles about being a military spouse and how um, you have supported or you feel like you've accomplished some things or that you've 
the different things that you've accomplished in your life that you think, hey, this was a big deal. You know, this is a part of my identity, you know? So we can start with Sybil. What are you doing? <laughs> Sybil. Sorry, I'm, I am listening, guys. But my <laughs> the sun started coming through my window really weird. Yeah. And it was making my, my camera look weird. Sorry. Sorry. Um, so I know for myself, <clears throat> I have struggled um, with the balance of being the homemaker and not career-wise outside of the home, but with being an entrepreneur. Because everyone, everyone still looks at it as I'm home all day. <laughs> so I should still be available for whatever is needed at any given time. And it's like, yeah, no. But um, that was not your question. Your question was about the accomplishment. <laughs> and I will say that the one thing that I feel that I have accomplished is that I have always remained true to myself. And for some people, maybe like that's not an accomplishment, but I do believe that in this space, it is so easy to lose who you are and take on your, in my case, my husband's identity, take on his career um, identity. So yeah, and I, I was listening, but I was all, y'all know, look, y'all, this is a serious talk right here, but this is also just me being me. I was over here trying to fix this, <laughs> this window and figure out what was going on with my camera at the same time. So I was listening, but I missed the part of the question. My bad, Nishida. Sorry. <laughs> okay. And then, so on my screen from, so I'm just going to start with who's on, you know, in order. So the, the next person will be uh, Julie. Okay. So, um, I guess my accomplishment would be starting my blog, having a successful blog, like basically creating a career that basically started, basically I had to create, I had to figure out ways to work from home because I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And then as the kids got older, that shifted into being home for one of my children with special needs who still, even at 14, does need someone at home. He, he does virtual schooling now, so he needs someone there in the home. But I also wanna have a career and make money because we both need to be making money in this world. And um, so I feel like I've, it took a lot of <laughs> blood and tears, I guess, to get there. But I guess that's my biggest accomplishment was figuring out, okay, how am I gonna do this and finding, finding a way to do it. So I'm happy that I've been able to, because <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, I, I guess we would have made it work if I had to, if I was working outside the home, but I'm, I'm thankful that I can do both. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's awesome. There's a lot of, uh, there are a lot of women out there who just like you are trying to, and Sybil, mm -hmm. who are trying to create things for themselves mm -hmm. and are successful at it. And so I think that, like you said, that that's like a blessing, you know? Yeah. 
So I'm glad you were able to uh, make that blog. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you and the name of the blog is a uh, uh, soldier's wife crazy life. Yes, because it is a crazy life, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute, no, we have to say it like this, Julie. We have to say it like this. Soldier's wife. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy life. <laughs> so then the next person would be Anna. So um, that was an interesting question, actually. I love that question because I have been thinking about that topic a lot lately because, uh, you know, that it comes, you think about it, you're like, oh, my spouse is making all of these promotions and has, you know, this brick of metals and certificates on the wall to show for it. And, you know, what, and then, and then, you know, I have my degree, uh, degrees, and I think, well, what am I doing with that other than moving um, all the time? So I had to really think about that. Well, um, you know, my accomplishments, I definitely would think are handling the household I mean full-time basically even when my spouse is home you know they're not home you know they're they're home but they're not they're busy they're um they have to focus on work and you know even even some sometimes they're in and out and in and out you know um from from where you're located so I think, um, you know, dealing with the whole household on my own was a huge confidence builder for me. Um, I've been with my spouse since we were in high school. Um, so we have just grown to, I mean, I rely on my spouse a lot, you know, emotionally and, and all that. So um, doing everything on my own and knowing that you don't have that second person to give you their um encouragement or their thoughts, even just the, the backup on it, you know, it's like, well, that person's not available, uh, right now because they're gone or, you know, they're just, their job is too consuming or whatever. So to, to make those decisions on my own and to run it all on my own. And then, um, you know, the accomplishments of still going through with my education through that and getting, um, you know, the degrees and the master's degree, and then, um, starting my own business as an entrepreneur, which isn't something that I ever thought that I would do. I always thought I would be, you know, working in some corporate office or something like that. Um, and so to kind of go out on a limb and and do something where I'm working for myself. Um, and then most recently, I was telling y'all before we got on, I started working outside of the home for the first time in like 13 years. Um, you know, I work over at the, the church that we attend and also where my kids go to Catholic school. So that was a big change in our lives for me to be somewhere outside of the home, you know, five hours a day, but still it's, it's more than normal. And, um, as Sybil was saying, you are still considered the person that's home all day. So you're there to be the catch-all, the person that's there to make sure everything is, is happening. So when I look at all that, I think, I think on the positive side of, you know, I, I am the one managing all of that and holding it up. So I think of, of really all of that as my accomplishment, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Those were a lot of accomplishments. And yeah, I think it is a big accomplishment to be able to take care of all those things, you know, mm -hmm. on your own. Yeah, because it's yeah. not easy. You know, like there's that perception that oh, you just you're just at home, <laughs> you're at home, like taking care of everything, you know, 
and um, just it's like being able to to get your master's and be the person who's in charge of everything and getting your own education. I mean, that's important too. So yeah, yeah, that's a really good. I like that. Like you said, I like you took charge, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when the spouse is never there, so I understand that. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so the next person would be Ms. Grace. Hello, hello. <laughs> um, so to answer the question, um, I was thinking about it as all the ladies were talking and I kind of went through like a list in my head, but I'm like, you know what? No, that this is it. This is my accomplishment. Choosing me, choosing myself. It has been the biggest struggle my entire life ultimately, but especially with my husband's career in the military, everything and everyone comes before ourselves, right? Our kids, our family, our extended family, the ones being like, hey, when are you coming home? When are you going to see us? You know, all these different things coming at us while we're dealing with all this craziness. And just recently, I've chosen me. I don't really do much for myself. I don't spend money on myself. I don't go do things. I'm like, no, I have to be here for the kids. No, my husband has this. No, he's gone. No, blah, blah, blah. And for the first time I chose myself and I went on a trip to DC for my award and it was the best experience for myself. I struggled with the mom guilt. I struggled with, well, are the kids going to be okay? Is my husband going to be okay? You know, all this stuff that we shouldn't have to worry about, I was worried about, about. And I just kept telling myself like, I need this. It's for the better. It's mental health. It's self-care. I came back a new person from that trip because I realized what I was depriving myself of, you know? And that really has been my biggest accomplishment is choosing me. So from then on, everything that I do, everything that I involve myself with, everything that I jump into, all my decisions, I stop and think, Am I choosing me in this? And is it making me happy? Is it taking me towards my goals? So yeah, that's my accomplishment, choosing me. That's awesome. That's an awesome accomplishment. I had not thought about that as an accomplishment, but come to think of it, because because I relate to that, like I've also come to the same point in my life uh, recently where it's like, why am I? doing all this stuff you know well it really is that I went to a mental health facilitator and they asked me a lot of questions that I really hadn't asked myself well I had asked myself but I didn't take them seriously you know but I totally understand what you mean about choosing yourself because it's really difficult to choose yourself you know when other it seems like other people have more important lives than yours you know, like you're just here for service I'm just I'm just here for service I'm just here to help you out I'm just here to support you know and so I also had real issues spending money on myself, um, going to, you know, have self-care. Like recently I started getting, you know, going to the spa, getting spa services. And that's what really helped me out too, besides the mental health. But I mean, congratulations on your award, by the way. <laughs> and um, tell us what the award was for. Um, I was awarded the 2020 and 2021 uh, Military Camp Pendleton Spouse of the Year Award from AFI. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. Long title. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Wait a so minute, that's everyone. a big accomplishment, too. Give Grace that Mill Spouse Conversation round of applause. Woo! 
thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, congratulations on that. But uh, you made a really good point, which kind of transitions into uh, our next topic of how do we create a positive self identity? How do we say to ourselves, you know, I have to take this responsibility for myself. I've taken responsibility for everyone else. I've supported everyone else. Now, how do I internalize that? How do I turn that back around for myself? Because I know one of my biggest struggles is that, um, well, starting off when I left the military, I lost my identity. So my identity was, I was a sailor. And that identity got transitioned into, I'm a wife and a, and a mother. I had been a mother and I had been a wife, but I was also a sailor. And if anybody knows that the military comes first, they don't care. <laughs> they don't care if you have a family, they don't, they're the number one you know, person in your life. So it was, oh, I was a sailor. That was my number one identity. And I kind of lost that identity. And it was really hard to mentally wrap my mind around that. So moving past that, um, I, I needed mental health uh, help at that time too, like later on, because the transition is just kind of brutal sometimes because you do not understand the effects of losing your outside identity. You know, so then later on, as we transition through life, like Anna said, I got degrees, I went to school, I accomplished things like that, but was never able to use those degrees because we're constantly moving. So a lot of times employers don't want to hear that they're going to put you through some training and that you're going to leave in a year or two, or that you're not going to be there for an extended amount of time, maybe two or three years. So a lot of times they'll pass on you as a, as a, you know, as a, an employee. And it's funny that being a military spouse trumps my veteran status. So, yes. So even though I'm a veteran, they look more at me being a military spouse than being a veteran. So that trumps anything that I have accomplished as a veteran, even though I did like 10 years of service, I'm now a military spouse. So now that's my identity, but it's a strange identity. I don't like it, I don't like to have it. But that's another thing. But, um. But then as time went on, now I'm in, in the middle of my life and it's like, what am I doing with myself? <laughs> you know, what's happening? So another mental crisis happened, you know, but we have lots of mental professionals in the world, especially lots of them at the different military bases and out in you know town, if, you, if that's your provider, where you can go and seek counseling and help and things like that. So I think that's a big benefit that they're trying to remove the stigma behind seeking mental health uh, assistance because a lot of times you could really get stigmatized for that. You know, you could, there's, oh, so-and-so's wife is crazy. She had to, you know what I mean? Oh, such and such's wife, she's on medication. You know what I mean? Like this type of thing where it's like, they're just, we're just trying to cope. You're just trying to cope with the different situations you find yourself in. And not everybody has to go through that, but a lot of people go through it in silence because they don't want to tell other people what's going on, but you, you kind of need a support group. You need people to talk to, to vent to, to say, look, I am feeling like crap right now. You know, this is not working out for me. I feel horrible and trust that those people aren't going to go tell the whole community. 
right? Because you don't want other people to know. It's just a silent thing. So, so a lot of times because things tend to spread around the community, it's kept to the person's self. So then what happens is they end up what? Drinking more. Now it's, oh, so-and-so's wife is an alcoholic. You know what I mean? It's just so much uh, surrounding the loss of identity or not even being able to form an identity because some people get together right at the beginning of that career and they're young, like Anna said, like they were in high school. They basically been on this journey together from the beginning. So there was no identity even before the marriage, the support um, status occurred. So it's like, when we move on down the line, and uh, as Grace had pointed out about accomplishing, you know, putting herself first, how do we transition into that? How do we transition into, let me put myself first, because you know what, everybody's going to be okay. You know, I raised the kids, they should be making their own decisions. My husband's a grown person, you know, he made it all the way to whatever rank he made it to, he's fine. You know, he accomplished things. He's obviously a functioning adult. I did not have to keep putting so much effort into, you know, making sure that that person is okay. How do I make sure I'm okay? How do I internalize that? And so this is something that I would like to ask you guys, like, how do you, and I know Grace probably said, well, I just explained that. <laughs> I would like to say, how did you get to that point? Like how in your mind, do you think that you formed a positive identity for yourself? Or is that something that maybe you still struggle with? And we'll start again with Sybil. Starting with me. No, I want to go last though. Okay, you can go last. You want to no, go I'll, last? We'll I'll start go, with Julie. I'm just joking. I'll go ahead and go. So as far as a positive self-identity, that was something that I have carried with myself from a, a very young age. And that was because you know, I give all of that credit, that praise to my grandmother. Um, because from a very young age, Nishida uh, has heard many stories of, about my granny. Um, she always told me not to forget who I was. That was even when I got married, you know, when I let her know I was getting married. Hey, you Sybil, my maiden name is Roddy. Um, you Sybil Roddy. Hey, that's who you are. Don't forget that. Don't forget about who you are. Um, even when I, when we first started having kids, our oldest, Jasmine, who is one of our junior conversation starters, you know, my granny was like, hey, you were Sybil before you became Mrs. Jones and you were Sybil before you became mommy. So don't forget who you are. Always have your own identity. Now, I'm not going to lie. Baby two, baby three came along. That got a little gray. Got a little gray. Because, you know, it was three of them, one of me. And my husband, I'm going to just tell, say this to y'all. Before we got married, I said, I don't cook and I don't clean. That's what I told him. I don't cook and I don't clean. That he does expect a meal in, in a clean house, from time, a meal from time to time. But as far as the self-identity, I haven't really struggled with that until um, the last 
few months. That is when that struggle has really hit hard for me because um, I've put everyone else's feelings and everyone else's needs above my own. Although I was the person who needed <laughs> the help. I was the person who needed the love, but it was more so of protecting everyone else. Because I think for all of those years, of, I've been married for 20 years, everything that I would hear other people tell me that I was supposed to do as a wife and as a mother, I no longer heard that other voice in my ear of telling me, be true to yourself. And me being true to myself over these last few months was me protecting everyone else from the hurt and the pain. Um, so anywho, uh, that was a long, long way to get to what I'm saying. One thing that I do every day is mirror talks. Every day, every morning, every morning, I look in the mirror and I'm like, you are Sybil Jones and you are fabulous and put yourself, I put myself first. I've been told I'm selfish and I don't care. What did I do today, Julie? I sat in the car. I went to Starbucks. <laughs> I needed to be doing other things. But I was like, no, I'm not. The kids will be fine. When they get home, they can figure it out. I'm going to sit here. I need this time for myself. But I have to give all of that credit to, I didn't really have to create a positive identity, self-identity. It was taught to me from a very young age and I just fall back on it so I know that's probably not what you wanted to hear but that's yeah I totally that's, wanted to hear I want to hear everything that's <laughs> I want to hear everything like like yeah that's awesome my grandmother was kind of the same way she was kind of like always saying just do whatever you want to do you know and but she did warn me about when you get married now let me tell you and I used to always be like whatever because I'm not that type of woman <laughs> okay and like she used to tell me, yeah, okay, <laughs> we'll see. And she's not around now for me to be like, yeah, you you were right about that. But <laughs> I'm sure somewhere she's like, I told you, <laughs> you know. Vocal with, well, as vocal as I can be within this lifestyle. Because I mean, at the end of the day, the Navy's going to send you where the Navy wants you to go. But I have no problem saying to myself, yeah, no. You know, I really want to go. Yeah, no, I'm not going to like this place. Mm. Yeah, I complain too sometimes. You get played so much. Yeah, sometimes I just have to say it and then I feel better. <laughs> right, it. right. You got to complain. It's yeah. like, who's complaining? I'm like, so. Yeah. <laughs> but, but um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I always take the road of, hey, I'm Sybil Roddy Jones. That's who I am. Period. Yeah. And I ain't doing that in the day. So. I don't know what to tell you. Those clothes yeah. over there, you figure it out. Yeah, especially the older I've gotten. I'm like, I don't know how my grandmother and my aunts and them, but I had an aunt. She's like, at one point, I used to be like, how come you not always clean it? How come you don't cook all the time? She's like, girl, I'm in my 50s. <laughs> like, you know, and now I realize that she did, you do it so long. Like, I've been at this for 20 years and it's like, after a while, you're just like, well, it, it'll be okay. 
you know, and uh, took a lot of like counseling for me to get there too. <laughs> that space where I'm like, it, it really will be okay, you know, because there's that perception your house always has to be perfect, you know. Uh, my grandmother used to say, oh, you don't be the person who when people show up at your house, you're like, excuse my mess, excuse this and that. But then as I get older, I'm like, why? Like, who cares? <laughs> why you pop up over here anyways? You better call before you come. Like, Look, nobody no. told you to just pop up here. <laughs> no, Nishida, I'm not going to lie. Even as a young spouse, oh, you coming to my house? You want to come over here? Oh, the clothes are on the couch. You scoot them over. Yeah, I'm doing laundry. I don't know what. No. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> here, you can like, here. You want them out the way? If you my company and you have a problem with them on my couch, well, then help me fold them. Okay. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> That's so funny. But yeah. So, so. Don't, don't listen to me, folks. Don't listen to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Listen to Simple. She, she got it. She got it. You got to put yourself first. You have to. Yeah. So then the next person, so thank you for sharing. The next person, Julie. Well, how did Julie pop? Okay, back in order. Sorry. We're just going to go with you. Yes. <laughs> you, no, Sorry. everybody kind of switched around in there. But uh, yeah, go ahead, Julie. Okay. Um, well, I think it's like, I don't think I've had a huge problem overall with keeping my identity over the years, but sometimes I can get in this funk where I'm like, all I do is stay home. I'm not out there. I'm not like, you know, doing this or doing that and having some big career and like, I'm just at home. And, and then I have to be like, but Julie, like you did this and this and this and this and this. And plus this is your dream. Like this is what you wanted to do. So maybe those people over there are doing this and that's their dream, but you're doing this and this is your dream. And so I just have to kind of remind myself that this is what I wanted and this is what I've crafted and this is what works for our family. And it doesn't, you know, everyone's on their own path. So I just have to like remind myself of that because, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes. And also like, you know, the analogy with the airplane and the, the put your mask on yourself first and then put it on your kids is true for life. Cause I think we can be the caregiver. We can be the, the homemaker, the, you know, taking care of the kids and everybody else. And if we don't like, if we don't make our life in a way where we have those boundaries up where we say no, sometimes like we have to craft our life where we're not going to hit that burnout stage every single moment because we've taken on too much and you know yeah I totally get that what you're saying because it is important to stop and think about what you accomplished that, that's why I led with that like what do you think you accomplished you know because a lot of times we put that to the side we put what we have accomplished we minimize it first off I only did this and that you know but if it's your dream like you said hey that's a big deal you know, if, if it, no matter what it is, even if it was being a homemaker, you know, sometimes I hear people say, well, you know, they put that down, like as if a person can't have that goal in life to be a homemaker. I mean, it is important. People need support out here. People need a clean house and food to eat. And they need someone to get that hug from, you know, or to hug back or to say, you know, to that 
you share something with other people in your small family and even in your community, you know, because a lot of homemakers and caregivers are not just doing that inside their house. They're also in the community building bridges there and helping this family and getting help from that family because you know a lot of times it's not just about giving right it's also I mean it's not just about receiving right it's about giving so sometimes when um you know as a spouse I know I've run into my own blockages where I've been like well no I don't want to ask for help but sometimes other people want to help it makes them feel happy to say I was able to reach out to someone and I was able to help them, you know? And so being able to receive the help, is just a matter of, you know, saying these people, we, we're a family, we're a team. So I'm not minimizing homemaking or staying at home at all because it's really important. Yeah. Right. But like you said, you know, just being able to say, wait a minute, I don't have to compare myself to the other people. <laughs> you know, I don't have to compare myself to whoever's out there in corporate America and she's doing this because you do not know what silent struggles she's right. had. Maybe she doesn't yeah. want to be doing what yeah. she's doing and hates exactly. it every day. And all exactly. I can see is a successful whatever. And right. and it's like, like I have to remind myself, like, no, that's not how this works. <laughs> like, right. this is not right. how this works. I want to talk exactly. about that piece right there that you were talking about, Julie, with corporate America. Um, you know, my degree is in logistics and I remember thinking from as a little girl, I wasn't trying to be in logistics as a little girl, but, um, I always said, I'm going to be this corporate American. I was going to be living in LA in this condo, driving my white bands with white furniture. I didn't say that as, as a little kid, but in high school, that was what I was going to do. Graduated college. I met my husband in college. And I was still like, no, I'm going to climb the corporate ladder. And I was, even though he was in the military and we'd pack up and move, I, I would find me a job and I'm like, I'm doing what I'm doing. And I was doing my thing. But once I had Jasmine, I remember sitting in my office, our VP came in and I was like, I don't think I'm gonna come back after I have this baby. He was like, nope, think about it. Don't make a decision right now. And six weeks later, I was like, hey, I'll come in, finish up, whatever. He's like, nope, stay home with your daughter. And I did. I stayed home for about a year. And then I went back to work because I got bored being at home. But then I realized my love of being at home, being there for my husband when he came in from work, been there with my daughter. Then we started, then we started having more kids. <laughs> and there were days that I battled. I did struggle with that a little bit of being at home with them and having to be on every single minute of the day. But I didn't allow that to get in the way of my identity. I still made it a point each and every day to take care of myself. And again, when you met me, hey guys, I'm Sybil. Hey, mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, and, and I know people who are in corporate America. And as you said, their struggles, they have different struggles 
but they're there. So yeah, you never know. You never know. Yeah, every everyone is has their different things that they're going through. So and as homemakers, as for as actually as human beings, we walk out every day. I'm look, walk out and you have a smile on your face. Yeah, you could have just been wiping t- 10 gajillion tears away before you put your makeup on. Like, okay, I'm going out in this world now. <laughs> yeah. Got it together. Right. And then that caused, that's the silence right there because you, you know, who are you going to share that with? You know, I was in the shower ugly crying this morning. You don't really want to tell people that. That's like, you know what I'm saying? Somebody might be like, whoa, that's a little too much. It's too heavy this morning. I have, I have my coffee. You know, you can't, you can't like share that all the time. But, you know, a lot of times I've been really blessed to have like really good friends I could talk to. So, you know, just share all my little thoughts that nobody wants to hear with. So, so, um, so the next person would be Grace since we, since my lineup just kind of switched up, but we're going to go with Grace. Okay. okay. So um, I was like jotting down notes. This is how my mind works. I like jot things down that I think of because I have to remember. But um, I think one of the questions was um, like, how do you get there? How do you choose you? How do you find it? And sometimes it just comes to you. Sometimes it's the ugly cry in the shower that makes you realize it. Sometimes it just, it just happens. It's just in your face and it happens. And I think no matter where you are in your journey, military spouse, an oil-filled spouse, any type of person dealing with a family member, your support system that's gone, or taking the role of the homemaker, um, you have to be still for a minute. Just be still. Don't think about anything else. Don't think about anyone else. Be still in yourself. Reflect on where you're at. Um, I wrote down no outside influence. And I think this is a big thing nowadays with your identity is social media makes all these different identities that we think we're supposed to mirror. We think that because that's what we see. That's what we fill our time with. That's what society says our goals should be. But are those your goals from inside? Is that what your mind, heart, and soul are reaching for? Or is that just what you're seeing? Um, So no outside influence, knowing that you are worthy of happiness, no matter where you're at, what you've been through, what you're going through, what's going to come at you in the future, you are worthy of happiness in every moment. Um, That's another big thing. And something as a homemaker myself, I had to realize is I don't need a list of accomplishments. I don't have to prove myself to anyone I have to be okay with myself. So if I have one accomplishment or I have a hundred, it doesn't really matter. What matters is my happiness within myself. Um, And doing all those little things, all that self-reflection, I think makes you really get into that self-care. It gets you into that choosing yourself, right? You, You become okay with the person you are. You're still, you're realizing, and it kind of just all clicks. It all lines up. And I think on the homemaker part of it, I heard a TED talk years and years and years ago of stay at home mom and homemaker. Why do we call it stay at home moms? We're moms. Right. You see, I have not referred to, I do not like that. I do not like that because there are men staying at home. Then what did they go through? You know, especially in the military, they get stigmatized, you know? Yep. 
like, oh, he, what's he doing? Like staying at mm. home with the kids. Like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. I don't know, like that stay at home. Yeah. Um, it, sometimes it I would call it the stay at home community because, you know, you do stay at home, but I mean, like, I don't know. I just don't, I don't like that stay at home mom. Mm-mm. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. What does that yeah. mean? You were hardly ever at the house. You was like chauffeuring people around. Like you wouldn't exactly. even get to eat there. So you'd be like, dang, I just passed out for three hours. Mm-hmm. Hello. Somebody. 100%. That's Hello, exactly life's what talking about. Yes. What is that? Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. I had no, to. Go. Good. Yes. I did not like that. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. That's, that's my point is like, I don't just stay home. Like Nishida said, we're chauffeuring, right? We're, we're running errands. We're going to the grocery store to make sure everybody has dinner on the table. We're picking up uniforms. We're doing all these crazy things that aren't even things we want to be doing. Really? I don't want to be doing that. I don't want to chase down my husband's uniform. I don't. I don't want to go clean up, throw up. I don't want to take the dog outside. Like, I don't. I don't want to hey, do those. I don't want to scrub these toilets, girl. This exactly. Is the toilet. And this freaking kitchen. This me out. Exactly. But it's things you have to do. And so that stay at home really builds this stigma against us. And it makes us feel less. Why do we feel less? Because we're doing more. We really are doing more than what this little title is giving ourselves, you know, so military spouse or a civilian spouse, it doesn't matter. We all have this self-worth that we need to find and, and put yourself on a pedestal because you deserve it. You're worthy. Be still in the moment. Find that. It's not just stay at home. You can be a mom. You can be a wife. You could be a dog mom. You could be a dog husband. Whatever you are, you are a person and you are worth it. And you yes. need to find your identity and keep yes. it no matter what. Yes. Those dogs don't grow up. Yeah. Like they don't learn how to talk. They don't be like, I'm about to poop all over your head. <laughs> right? They don't be yeah. like, my stomach hurts. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, the, the most you can get is some excessive licking. <laughs> what are you your lips for? Next thing you know, you're like, no, not. No, dogs are like, if you're a dog mom, I mean, I feel like that's more like caring style, mom, because if, at least the kid learns, you know, how to speak, mm-hmm. <laughs> how to tell you something. Dogs would just like give you that look like, maybe shake I don't know. a little. Then again, they can't you? speak. So, I mean, <laughs> no this one over here a lot but grace when you said about being steel yeah that was again my my crashing moment was just a few months ago um and yeah i had to be steel and be in the moment mm-hmm to come out of, of the, I call it um, the drain. I was, I was deep in, in the drain. I was in that, in that whale, like in that hole of that well. And Nishida and Julie know this. Um, they, they would listen to me every day. I couldn't get out of it. I didn't know how to get out of it. And what you said as well about social media, and there's this, this picture of what, how life should be. And I witnessed that firsthand because I was very vulnerable. Um, again, well, you guys know that. And I actually, I don't want to say it wasn't backlash, but some of the comments that I received were very unsettling for me because 
I'm like, but you know the pain that I'm in right now. And because you didn't see the put together, <laughs> the put together Sybil, you saw a very raw, full of emotion. Uh, Sybil, I'm not going to get emotional now. I feel it coming up. I'm not going to. Um, you know, it was, oh, no, that's not how you, that's not how you show up. It's like, wait, what? This is like, like you did it wrong. Like you should have <laughs> gone back to the manual and followed the step. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the truth is there is no manual. Like it's, exactly. you know, just be you. And yeah, there's no life manual. <laughs> None. Yeah. I mean, even the books of uh, what to expect when you're expecting, right? <laughs> I read those books when I was expecting. No, none of that stuff happened on time. I'm like, wait a minute. Months did not. You know, and it's the same with life. We all have different experiences and we all handle things differently. It's about, but as you said, put yourself on a pedestal. I say it all the time. Hey, look. Mm-hmm. Be your number one fan. Be your number one cheerleader all time. Yeah. Yeah, that's an important point about social media too, is that how many influencers out there have this perfect life and then it comes out that they committed suicide or that they went through something that you see them have a breakdown, you know, or how many people do you know that you go on their Facebook, their social media posts look like they have everything. And you know them personally and you know they're struggling with things. You know that it took a lot for them just to make that video. So we can't always just say, oh, social media, you know, that's because it's kind of like a reality show sometimes. It's like what we want to present to other people. It's not necessarily what is actually going on. But we do have to get to Anna. Anna, it's your turn to share. Okay, I had to unmute. Um, because my dog is sitting here beside me snoring up a storm, so... <laughs> Um, you are asking the good questions, Nishita, because it's it's stuff that's been on my mind, I guess, a lot lately. Um, and that question in particular, really for years, um, you know, because you, you know, you, you go through life and you're like, oh, I'm going to do this, that and the other. And, and this is what I aspire to be. And it doesn't quite pan out. And so. For me, um, I started hearing about this business term called the imposter syndrome, and I don't know if you've heard of it, um, probably. And so I was started to realize, I'm like, you know, I think I've had the imposter syndrome in life in general since a very young age. I just always felt like I wasn't, you know, um, wasn't quite sure what to make of my identity or, you know, uh, how uh, if I was on par with everybody else and if I was worthy of whatever, you know? And so I had to think a lot. Um, for me, it took time and experiences. And also um, I'm very faith-based. So it took a lot of faith and prayer and um, really digging into myself and thinking, who is it that I know that I am? Um, and who is it that I know that I want to be and what type of person am I? So I would think to myself every day, okay, you know, I just want to be a good person, you know, whatever that I just want to be a good person. And I'm straight, you know, and I, and so I had to keep reminding myself of that is that my mode, that's my motivation is I, I don't 
go out daily intending to, you know, do or say or think bad things. I go out intending to be a good person. And I know that's what my motivation is. And I remind myself of that. And so that helped me get through a lot of that imposter syndrome, as well as just the experiences of life. And so I know you're in Japan now, but Japan, I think, was my turning point, but it wasn't the turning point as it was happening. It was afterwards, and I looked back on it, and I saw, you know, what all I did on my own, um, and and then, you know, years after that, a couple of years after that, I was thinking, okay, that is everything that I, I did over that amount of time, and this is what I'm doing now, and um you know, not speaking in specifics or whatever, just being very general, but um, these are the experiences that I had and it's it's um, worthy in itself. And I, you know, that that's when I kind of had that turnaround moment when I really started realizing, hey, it's not this imposter life syndrome. You have, you do have your own identity and just through the things that you've been through uh, and how you went through them, I think. Um, but like Sybil said, even when, when what she said about being down in that well, <laughs> that is rings true because um, a lot of us have been down there. And I think just realizing you're there and how to get out of it is super important. And it is something to feel good about yourself that, hey, you realized you were there. And then how did you get out of it? You know? I don't know if all that makes sense. It was kind of <laughs> no, it absolutely were... makes sense. Yeah. No, it yeah. was, I totally agree with you because the imposter thing, I've had big issues with that since I was little. But mm -hmm. was a person who didn't have conventional parents. Like I didn't have a mom and a dad. I had a grandmother and she was like my everything. So I didn't really understand. There was nobody there to say, oh, are you doing this? Well, this must be something you'd like to do or this is your identity or you know, it was basically me always trying to figure out what adults wanted and then give them that. So mm -hmm. it, I'm pretty sure I took that into my adult life where it's like, what do people want? I'll just give that to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Without thinking, you know, and a lot of times I do think I've, I've done a lot in my life, actually, but I didn't consider it at the time. I'm just doing stuff like you said. I was just trying to be the best person I could be and mm -hmm. trying to find things to do that are productive. And um, I have a friend and I'm not going to name her name, but she, know, she knows who she is. And when I was being buzzing uh, for the Mount Whitney, she was asking me questions like, oh, did you want, is this an, something you wanted? You wanted this, that? And I was thinking like, no, I just, I just thought I was going to help people and move on. I like to move on. <laughs> I don't like to stop and say, yeah, I did this. You know, I just like to do stuff and I like to be out. <laughs> I don't want to, I hate when people are like, oh, you did a good job or let's celebrate. I'm always like, no, I'm out. <laughs> like you guys can celebrate whatever I did yourself. I'm, I'm on to the next thing. And that's not healthy. It's not always healthy because now I'm celebrating everyone else, but not me, mm -hmm. you know, not acknowledging anything I've done. Yeah. So I totally agree with, with you on that. I, I relate. I, I hear you. Like you came in crystal clear to me. <laughs> and and that um, was another thing was hearing other people's experiences and realizing, hey, you really aren't the only one. And, you know, there are other people that that go through the same things. Right. You know? Yeah. And so that brings me to the very last thing as we drop, you know, to the close, we're coming into the end of the show. 
I just want to ask any of you guys, I'm not going to go in order or call you out and you don't yeah, have please to Please don't. don't but, <laughs> <laughs> but um, do you know of any silent crises that you think, you know, doesn't get enough attention? You know, it doesn't have to necessarily have to do with what I'm talking about today, but other things that you think um, are just as important, but are also not really talked about in society because there's a stigma attached to it, you know, so we could get, a, you know, a conversation going in the comments from other people who, whoever stuck with us and you're here with us now, go ahead and get in those comments and tell us about what you think about our discussion and any crises you think, or it doesn't have to be a crisis, but just at least things that are kept underneath the surface that we don't talk about in society that need to have a light shined on it, just for the health of our own society, to make us a better society, to move us forward. And uh, without so many stigmas, so many things that we can't talk about, you know, it's 2021 and there are still a lot of things that make a lot of people uncomfortable that we push to the side because like Sybil said, we want, we don't want to make other people uncomfortable. We don't want to make other people feel bad or whatever, even though we're hurting inside or someone we love is hurting inside. So just wondering if you guys had any input on that and also asking the audience to give us your input in the comments. And that's, that's it for me. I'll, uh, I'll throw one out there. Um, on my notes, I had um, put something that Anna was saying is you're not alone. There's always someone out there who's going through or has been through what you're, what you're feeling, what you've been through, what you're experiencing, what you may experience in the future. And with that, childhood trauma, I think is a big thing. Um, ch my childhood trauma, I've had, I had a very, very traumatic childhood. And that molded my identity growing up through my teenage years, through, you know, adolescence, through all of it. And then it led me to um, recreate my identity now that I can deal with that trauma. And I think um, the main point in that is you're not alone, you're not broken, and there's other people that you can relate to. You can still be successful. You can still be happy. What happened to you does not have to define the future. And anybody who's judging you based on your traumas is not for you those people are not for you. So I think in that you can find your tribe, you can find your community. If you're open about yourself, um, I learned that I always hid my childhood trauma, didn't want to tell anybody, didn't want to tell anybody. And then I was just making these people that I couldn't even relate with because I had all these secrets in my mind, you know, all these things I'm thinking about. Once I was able to be open with that and share my story, I met the people that are worthy for my life, worthy for me that are gonna build me up and build my happiness. So I think that's something, childhood trauma is, is something that people are so quiet about. And like, it's okay. It's okay if something was broken before, it's okay. Anyone else or just turn it over to Sybil? <laughs> well, I was going to, if no one else has anything to say and please share in the comments if you have anything you would like to share. Um, but I would also like to tell you that we do social hour. In those false conversations, we have social hour. And uh, we actually have one coming up on the 28th of this month. And 
if there's any, if you want to share a silent crisis, you can join us during that social hour and we can talk about it. We can continue this discussion there at the social hour. Our social hour, um, it's a time to just come together and talk. We all, yeah, we all need to talk to someone sometimes. We all may need to vent. We all need to laugh sometimes. We all need to cry sometimes. Um, hey, tell us how to um, how to sign up for social yeah, hour. I, I'm going to. Um, I got I got it, girl. I got it. Um, I'll okay, be okay. very transparent with you. You guys see me laughing here. This this is me. You know, talk about your identity. This this is part of my identity. But I have cried a lot as well. I've done a lot of crying in the shower. A lot of crying on the phone, a lot of crying. I've actually, that's what got me in trouble, not in trouble, but videos <laughs> because like, the crying and the, and the snot. But, um, you know, all of the conversation starters here, we are real people. We are real people. Um, as Grace and Anna was talking about, you're not alone. You're not alone. Um, you know, you walk into the commissary, you walk into Walmart, Target, wherever you go, and you see everyone there smiling, right? You see people smiling. You might hear some people, whatever. Trust me, there is someone out there who has gone through what you're going through, is going through it or will go through it. And it's okay. It's okay. It's life. I don't want to, I don't like to say it's like, like it's not, I'm not saying it's, it's just life. Um, but it's okay to need to talk to someone. If it's, you know, you've got to know if you need a specialist, if you need to go to a, me a mental health professional, you go, do not be ashamed. I'll be transparent again with you guys. I, I had to pick up that phone and call. Um, but I also talk to friends every day. <laughs> they, they listen to me say the same thing every day. <laughs> but they just listen and they, and they bear with me. But, you know, when you come to our social hours, that's what we're here for. We're here to talk to you, to listen. We're here to laugh with you. We're here to cry with you. You know, sometimes you just need to go cry. Sometimes you do. But when you need a professional, go seek a professional. All right. So thank you guys for tuning in to the conversation. Like I said, we have the 28th is our social hour. You can go to millspouseconversations.com. I can't access the actual link right now to share it in the, com in the comments because it's because I'm streaming from Zoom, but if you go to millspouseconversations.com and scroll down to the homepage and click on Military Spouse Social Hour and Conversations After Dark, you can sign up right there. All right. And then we have our next talk. We actually have our talks every first and third Thursday of every month right here. And if you miss it, you can always catch the replay or go to our website. They're there too. Just saying. All right. Are we good, ladies? Yep. Yeah. It's getting dark. 
like <laughs> my light. I'm like, what the heck is going on with my lighting? But it is, hey, real and raw up in here all the way. All right, thank you. Have a wonderful evening. And remember, military spouse.